0: Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, I hope that we have a better understanding of what we read yesterday and talking about forgiveness. talking about forgiving our brothers and sisters for what they've done to us and practicing that each and every single day of our lives. But today, we're going to be taking another deeper dive and looking in Philippians chapter 4. Taking a look and having a huge understanding of what God is saying to us about not worrying about things. You know, because while we are journeying on this cross and while we are journeying, uh, through Lent, there's other things coming about. And I'm sure you've all read in the news and the articles and the papers of the things that are going on. There's always something to be worried about. There's always people going after harping you. There's always people go- being down on you. But I want to give you words of encouragement to say that God is watching over you and that there is really nothing to be worried about. And so that's why we're going to read and get a huge better understanding of Philippians chapter 4. And with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear only Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. We are so blessed to be called your children. And Lord, I just pray for the families that have been devastated due to the tornadoes that have swept across the southern uh, part of the united states i pray for the lives that were lost and lord i just pray for uh garrett uh crumby's uh cr- or crumby uh, family i pray for him and his family as he was shot in the line of duty i pray that you may watch over him and protect him as he, he has come into your kingdom Lord, may you give us the ability to not be nervous about the things, not be overwhelmed about the activities that happen, not to be anxious. Like you state, don't be anxious for I'm with you. Lord, I pray that we find a way to not be anxious. Is, and Lord, I just pray that we can go into prayer through everything, oh Lord, so that we may be obedient unto you. May you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, before we start off, uh, well, before we dive into Philippians chapter 4, my heart goes out to the families in Arkansas, Illinois, uh, Mississippi, and even Missouri of the tornadoes that swept across last night. That was just absolutely devastating. There were lives that were supposed there were lives that were lost, and I can't imagine uh, starting from scratch. I can't imagine being in the shoes of families that have their lives changed forever and this kind of leads into chapter four verse one, therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Now this is Paul writing to the Church of Philippians. Verse 2, I implore Iota and I implore Cygni uh, to be the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you to companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel. With Clement also and rest of my fellow workers, whose names are the book of life, who are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Verse 4 seems to be the hardest struggle for uh, for me. And here's why verse 4 seems to be a struggle. When the Lord says rejoice, rejoice. How my thought goes into how can we rejoice when I lost my son, or how can we rejoice when I lose my parents, or how can I rejoice in knowing that I'm not very safe about what is to happen for either if I have kids or for my generation, for instance, or for your grandkids? How can I rejoice in that? You know, and it, it's a valid question. Don't get me wrong. It's a question that we all come across. How do we how do we rejoice in the Lord? When we are being faced, when we are faced with persecution, it seems like more than ever we are bogged down, and it seems like we give up on the fight. It seems like we just run out of energy. We become complacent and we become lazy. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just we have been just bombarded with busyness of life, and the purpose of being anxious and the purpose of What sin wants is that sin wants you to be bitter and mad at God. And he wants to deceive you. And that's why, verse 4, it states, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice through him in the trials and tribulations that we face. Rejoice him when you face a loss of a loved one. Rejoice. Because there's always a plan that we don't know, but God knows. There's always a plan uh, for your life because you're never left stranded. Now the only time you're left stranded is if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And verse 6, the big the big kicker here. We're going to emphasize on this and really somewhat hit this on the nail on the head. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Did you know, before you even pray, God already knows what you're going to pray about? Did you know that? Did you know, also, before you even go into reverence and before you even do anything, God already knows your actions? How awesome is that? To me, I've struggled with that concept and Yes, people then come at me and say, well, what is the point of praying then if God already knows, um, if already God knows I'm already going to say what I'm going to say to him? What's the point of praying then? Well, the point of it is because God wants you to hear it out of your own mouth. God wants you to speak on your behalf. And God wants you to make sure that you sit and glorify with him and you sit and you and you humble yourself and Uh, plea unto God. And that is the importance of it. And that is why God uh, allows you to have your prayers heard. Now, I don't mean uh, when we say our prayers heard, that doesn't mean uh, go in and pray for a new Bugatti or a new house or more money. It doesn't mean any of that. It means, Lord, uh, I pray that I can continue my walk with you. Or Lord, may you guide and protect my heart from the evil schemes. Or another one is, Lord, I pray that I may be humbled in front of the crowd. Or I pray that you give me the right words to pray for somebody. And nine out of the ten chances, when you pray those kind of prayers, allowing you to say, Lord, I pray in humbleness. Or Lord, pray that I may impact somebody in a, in a humbling way, He will answer those. Now, there's always an answer to God. Those three answers I like to state is yes, no, or maybe. When we state, and I've said this before, or when I've stated this, i prayed these prayers before. The prayers that pretty much are blatant no is, Lord, I pray that I can get a new girlfriend by 2023 or by 2022, and I'm sure the list can go on. I've prayed about those. Or another one is, Lord, I just pray that I can be, I can get this job I wanted, or Lord, I pray that I don't have to be uh, well off. I pray that I'm well off, and I don't need uh, to work as many hours. Now, nine out of those chances are no's. But another prayer that I think is a maybe is, Lord, what are you doing for my life? Lord, where do I see the struggles I'm going through? Where Where do I? See, what's the big picture of it? Well, <clears throat> sometimes God says, "Well, maybe wait." that is the big picture and i've said this in my life where i never this is probably a big maybe and now i'm coming now it's actually coming to realization i never expected to start this podcast i never started expected to start remember god loves you and i meet at the finish line ministries i never expected that but one thing i think that god prepared me through was when i went through the struggles i did in my life it gave me the preparations it gave me the tools and it gave me a firm relationship and a strong hold with god so that i don't have to be anxious because i used to live a, a very anxious and a nervous life i used to be i used to live a life where i was nervous all the time i was nervous what was going to happen to my life i was nervous i was like all over the place and it was a not it was not obedient unto god at all it was Okay, this guy's got some issues. And that's why I emphasize that when we are not nervous, God truly has you in his hands. God doesn't want you to leave. He's not going to dump you off on the wayside. He's not going to be a bus driver and say, all right, you guys are on your own. Bye. Farewell. bon, Bon voyage. You guys are, I guess, on your own. No, he's not like that. God is a gracious father. He loves you. And I think I kind of hit on that multiple times. In verse 7, I think piggybacks, or does piggyback off of verse 6. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then meditate. Take time in prayer. In verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely whatever things are good report if there is any virtue and if there is, uh, is and if there is anything praiseworthy meditate on these things the things which you learned and received and heard and saw m- in me these do and the God of peace will be with you. I also think, I would think that meditation is kind of a, I wouldn't agree with that word. I would, well, I'm not God. I didn't write the Bible. But for simpler terms, I would think taking time in prayer, taking time with God and looking back. And for instance, I don't know if you ever flew out or if you've ever been in a plane or if you ever just stopped on the ocean side or stopped by a lake or you looked up at the skies or you even went for a hike and you look around the forest. And you look around and you you just think about the struggles. You think about your your past and the mistakes that you've made. And you think about what could I've done better. But for me, it would have to be flying. Whenever I fly, I tend to look out the window. And I really, really meditate. I really ponder on what God has done in my life. And not only do I ponder... Or, even for instance, if you're in a high rise building, you look out and you can just see the vastness and God's beauty out there. And you look out and you say, Lord, I'm so blessed that you've placed me here. I'm so blessed I can be called a child of yours because you're a merciful and awesome Father. And that is very true, in our matter of fact. God does place us in certain situations and i think when we meditate on god and when we focus and pray for, um, upon god he does bless you he does protect you and it's cool because we are taking our time we're humbling ourselves to we're humbling ourselves to somebody like low in our life to say that god is truly awesome and he is humbling at the end of the day and with this in mind, in verse 10, we continue in verse 10, which is ger- g- generosity in verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard of to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be a um absessed and I know how to be abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to be abound and to suffer in need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's another awesome, awesome, awesome Bible verse. I can do all things. I, I can do all things because God gives me the strength. I can overcome the struggles. I can overcome my addiction. I can overcome this storm of life that I'm going through because Jesus gives me the strength. I can overcome the depression. I can overcome anxiety because God is a comforter. Amen. And amen. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians, you know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to my account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephesus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God the Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And amen. And he ends with a greetings and blessings. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are Caesar's households. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And amen. And I would like to apologize to you I did not expect somebody to vacuum on the outside of my door. So that is the vacuuming uh, noise of somebody outside my door. So I'd like to apologize to you on that for the background noise. But that's still not going to stop us from worshiping Jesus Christ. Now, it's interesting because no one, and even I don't like this, when people say this to us or say to me, because I said so, I despise that comment, because I said so. You know, you go and pray to God because I said so. You help the neighbor because I said so. Well, a lot of us are going to be tending to not do it because we don't like being instructed in that kind of a derogatory way. We have all been in a position like this before with our parents, coaches, teachers, or even our bosses. I would say even our professors and the list can go on in an effort to understand why we were or were not allowed to do something. We saw it uh, after the why. Why can't I do that? You know, when we are little kids and your parents tell you, do not touch the hot stove, but why? Or when they and touch a muffler, but why? Why can't I touch the hot exhaust? Or when they go and uh, you tell them, like, don't cross this, or, like, look before you cross the street, but Why? And a lot of us have a tendency to doing that. But with the boss, our boss, uh, the questions for our boss might be, well, how come that person got that kind of a promotion? But why did he get that promotion and I didn't? And that creates envy and that creates jealousy. Or when the new rules come in and your boss says, because I said so. See, and then we're going to be a little bit more rebellion. And in that effort, we were met with the unexpected and disappointing. Because I said so. statement. As challenging as it can be to fully accept that statement from the people in our life we respect and honor, it can be at times be even more challenging for us when it comes from someone that we can't physically see, hence Jesus Christ and God. Because the Bible says, be anxious about nothing, but why? Why does it say, uh, be anxious about nothing? That is a big question, and that is the million-dollar question. But why? And Jesus said, because I said so. That sounds hard to believe with everything you are dealing with, with, the, with your family, with your situation at home. But however, the reality is that it's true. And also the reality is we, are, we will all pass away one day moment we are born is a moment that we step closer to God's kingdom. And God is a merciful God. And the truth is that the Bible is a hundred times more reliable and credible than those that we look to for support. The Bible is God's word recorded for us to read, to get to know, memorize, study, reflect. Reflect on, pray out loud, and stand on. In short, if the Bible says... Bible sa- says it. We can believe it because God said so. If God said be anxious for nothing, then we can We don't have to be anxious for anything. Today, it, we were. Today we are able to look at these questions, and it's kind of ask your questions um, today. Reflect on these. What are you? Um, what are you worried about today? That you haven't prayed about. That's question number one. And then declaration after you answer your question. For instance, what are you worried about today that you have not prayed about? You know, Or have you truly prayed about everything? Or have you truly given everything unto God? But then I can say, and you can all say this, God, I won't worry today because you said so. Amen. And amen. I'm going to reread that declaration again. God, I won't worry today because you said so. And with this in mind, we're going to wrap it up with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. May you guide us and protect us and help us not to be anxious. Help us not to be uh, stressed out about your life. Help us not to be um, uneasy, Lord. Because you love us. Lord, help us not to be depressed. Help us battle through depression when life doesn't go our way. Because you're a merciful Father. Lord, I also pray that you can guard our hearts. You can protect us as we continue on the journey that you have set before us. Lord, as we look for tomorrow, which is Palm Sunday, help us uh, take this week in a somber week. Anyway, it was a week of celebration until Monday, Thursday, until the Last Supper. I pray that we have, we think about during this week, starting tomorrow, until Good Friday. Think about what you truly did for our lives and how you have impacted our lives forever. And Lord, may you guard our hearts as we continue on the day. Preserve our minds so that we can glorify you. May you you provide us the strength and the energy to continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, I hope you guys have a blessed day. And remember, God loves you. He does love you. And you are a child of his. And and I will meet you at the finish line. And do not be worried about anything. And as we, as I conclude it, I'm going to again have this, read this declaration. God, I won't worry today because you said so. Well, you guys have a blessed day. Remember, God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye. <laughs>